Hello, everyone. Welcome to another session of Parallel Barkings. Woof, woof. My name is Larry Backer, and I'm here with my puppy. Bark, bark. Ariana Backer. And we're here today to talk about sex. We're going to have sexy time today. <laughs> no, um, well, that's, that's like everyone's worst nightmare, talking about sex with your parents. <laughs> I know. Nothing changes. It was no better for me either. Yeah, I was um, dreading this, by the way. But, but who better to talk to about sexy time than, than people we don't know? But now you're going to get to know us better. Yeah, um, yeah. And the reason we're talking about sexy time is because apparently uh, with nothing else or nothing better to do, and for some people, indeed, that is the case. There is nothing more important than this. A number of jurisdictions have made it their business to devote a, a significant amount of their uh, political, legislative, cultural, and religious time to the care and feeding of sex-based rules. And that's sort of what we're going to be talking about. But interestingly enough, in a world that 20 years ago we thought was converging towards at least roughly a kind of set of norms, uh, which at its most tolerant would be sort of live and let live, even though you don't approve, is actually now uh, following the uh, in in so many other sectors, uh, trade, China versus uh, the U.S., uh, culture, society, and the like, is actually showing fracture rather than uh, converging. I don't know, maybe maybe just like a a a whole like emergency stop reverse. Well, that's a that's a killer for sexy time. Yeah, uh, especially it really if you're is. looking at especially if you're looking at sexy time globally. All right, so what are we talking about? Well, uh, we're looking at three jurisdictions where uh, the legislature uh, and the, the highest political bodies have now moved um, to, to uh, create some laws. In the United States, of course, uh, the uh, in the aftermath of the decision, the abortion decision, uh, and it's, it's important to remember that the, the abortion decision did not say that one is that one could not legislate protection for abortion and abortion rights. It merely said that they weren't going to constitutionalize that protection anymore and that they were going to leave it to the state. They just said, eh, we're not worried about it. It's in the ancient, in the ancient, we're going to, we had this argument in the ancient traditions of the American Republic that that was something that could be constitutionalized at the state level, which is where the founders left these kinds of things. Uh, despite the 14th Amendment. And again, there's a huge fight uh, about all of this. And I'm not defending or or um, or or uh, or criticizing it. I'm merely suggesting that this was, and indeed it is within the realm of the plausible, although less so in the 21st century, but effectively that it's, it's up to the states. But in the course of that discussion, since uh, modern jurists can no longer just write a decision that is on point, but instead they believe that each of these decisions look more and more like something out of a, uh, a Tolstoy novel, which has to be at least 600 pages long. Mm -hmm. uh, in their, their, chit, in their uh, chitty chatty, uh, in, in over the course of several opinions, they also suggested that a number of other things might be on the block including the protection of interracial marriage, including the protection of same-sex marriage, both of which had acquired constitutional protection, some of it now almost half a century ago. And so 
fearing that that in fact might occur because this is after all the United States where anything is possible. Anything goes. Anything goes. Uh, what what the, the Congress and I think the president has already signed it or or will fairly soon. What they did not want to go was some kind of federal protection for uh, marriage, irrespective of the race of the marriage partners and uh, marriage between people of the same sex or gender. Right. So that's number one. So the United States is going at least our political bodies for the moment are going in that direction. Uh, and we'll talk about the yeah we'll talk about the act in a minute because it sounds better than it was. Uh, but again, in part, that's because of the the nature of the federal system that we have in the absence of a constitutional amendment. But even as the American Congress is doing that, our friends in Indonesia um, passed a measure. And again, uh, remember that uh, Indonesia, I think, is the the largest Muslim majority country or the the country with the largest. Muslim majority population on mm -hmm. earth um, that in, a, in in some ways a very traditional society, but also society that um, uh, tolerates things like the sexy time 24-7 on Bali, uh, where all kinds of people go for, it's like a large cruise ship without an engine uh, for whatever it is that one does on vacation. Um, but the Indonesian legislature has now moved to reform their criminal law, and they've been inching in this direction anyway, uh, to uh, to make it clearer uh, that there are going to be more strictly applied penalties, whether you're a foreigner or not, whether you're a Muslim or not, uh, with respect to uh, to certain acts of a sexual nature, including, well, acts of they a political sexual nature. Criminalizes sex outside of marriage. Criminalizes sex outside of marriage, uh, which implicitly recognizes marriage, uh, which means that unless you are eligible for marriage, right, uh, and you and you have sex within it, uh, you're you're out of luck, and that means not just the heterosexual couples who may be stepping out on their spouses. Uh, or the fornicators who don't quite yet have a spouse, but certainly if you're not even qualified for marriage, for example, if you happen to be a same-sex couple, whatever it is you do uh, may or may not fall within this, or they, they have specialty legislation with respect to that. So Indonesia is moving in that direction. And then we split the difference in Singapore. All of this is occurring at the same time. So in Singapore, we split the difference. There at long last, and this really is in and in a uh, in a, a kind of uh, post-colonial act of liberation. Although this is also in its own way a very traditional society as well, uh, they finally have decided to repeal the uh, the colonial laws against sodomy. Now, in in the colonial laws, the only thing that mattered were men, and so the only people you were worried about engaging in in naughty, sexy time were men. Uh, and so you had the the sodomy laws that were brought in during the colonial period. That's going to be repealed. At the same time, they moved to amend. I don't know if they've done it yet. They moved to amend their constitution to make it clear that marriage is a state of relations recognized in law only between a man and a woman. And so you've got these three things going on. And of course, in a context in which these things are going on uh, as well in other places, Russia now for years uh, has um has has created in the the figure of the 
uh, sexual nonconformists, um, gay men, lesbians, uh, transsexuals, uh, gender nonspecific people, a kind of the marginalized other. And that's been uh, proceeding apace. Uh, some areas in Europe are kind of uh, going in, in a variety of different directions, but there the, the cultural milieu is very different. Um, and Latin America is going in its own way, and, and in many cases closer to the European and American model than the others. But it's kind of interesting to note that in the in this context that uh, while we are all, while, while many people, one would think, given the, the way the newspapers are written, are all looking at things like war aggression, uh, uh, pandemics and the like, uh, we still make time for sexy time. Well, we legislatively speaking, legislatively speaking. So what do you think? Well, I mean, we were kind of talking about this yesterday. Um, like, why, 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 why now? Yes, I, I realize that this might be important to, and th this has probably been on the books, I guess, for, but it it's just so... I guess maybe it's because it, it maybe maybe it is because Roe versus Wade started the conversation globally and they say why not it's well, time it, yeah it's it certainly made it more high profile i suspect that these things were going on irrespective of what's going on uh in in Roe versus Wade certainly the right. the indonesians and the singaporeans could care less yeah uh, exactly but like what it's it's just it's just crazy that it's all happening at the same it just seems it, it's a little bizarre and especially when you think about taiwan thailand and india going like the opposite direction <laughs> giving well, more rights to no, exactly. for the lgbt and that's what makes this really interesting, right? Because what we're seeing is the the old view had been, well, you've got leading states and you've got regional leading states and you've got these conversations going on and they're no longer limited to a dominant religious community or a dominant cultural community. But now it's transcultural, transreligious, uh, transnational, right? And that somehow all of this would lead to some kind of convergence that the world would be coming closer together. There'd be all kinds of regional variations, but we'd all be moving in a particular direction. That was kind of the, the quote unquote genius of globalization by opening everything up, free movement of everything, that convergence would be inevitable with substantial regional variation. Uh, but these, these movements are now <laughs> making it very clear, I think, uh, and and sexy time may be the the canary in the the mine. in the mind yeah, in the coal mine or whatever mines it is. Remember, we can't do coal anymore. We're going to do what podcast on climate change? Uh, <laughs> coal is now naughty too, like sex between people who are unmarried in Indonesia. Right, um, right. That that in fact convergence is not the thing anymore, and we're seeing significant variations even within a region. Uh, and substantial uproar, uh, even with respect to what had appeared to be fairly settled, the the idea, I mean, that in a sense, that's what really struck me, the idea that we would actually, in this country, uh, that's the United States, uh, actually worry as a real thing about the, the protection of marriage among people of different races, assuming you can even figure out what different races mean. Yeah, um, that's the 
other thing? How are how are they enforcing these regulations? Well, right. Right. So this is this brave new world. And in, in two respects, in the American case, uh, we've got the race issue, which is less of a problem in in other areas. Uh, although in some countries like Malaysia, uh, identity in a racial ethnic ethnic group may be significant for other reasons. But in, in the U.S., we've gone from a fairly rigid legal definition of race to a much more fluid one, mm -hmm. uh, it's very hard to, race becomes more symbolic and cultural uh, than anything else. Uh, and, and the best example of this is, how do you race uh, Mr. Obama, our former president? Wow, his you're mom, verbing it now, okay. I'm verbing it. His mom was white. His dad was from Kenya, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. right? He grew up identifying with the African-American community, right? Um, and, but the question is, that's a cultural question and yes. a social question. Um, but when you're dealing with marriage, are we going, uh, are we going to have to go back to the old race laws? Uh, assuming that- that And that sounds scary. That sounds scary. Well, well assuming and that we're- weird, bizarre. And yeah, assuming that we're even getting to the point where we're going to worry about uh, conceding the state's power exactly. to regulate in, in this respect uh, with respect to otherwise unproblematic. And and by that is, you know, the core, a person who self-identifies and is and has all the physical characteristics of a male marrying a person who self-identifies and has all the physical characteristics of a woman. Right. The base, the old baseline. Right. So you've, you've got this huge problem, but even more interesting, right, with all of this, especially in, in the West, <laughs> uh, but with respect to some of these other laws is the issue of gender and, and sex itself. Right. We've just had quite a, a conversation, which is not done uh, in the West, about uh, things other than male and female. Right. The fluidity of sex the fluidity, the the relationship between sex and gender, uh, the notion of gendering uh, in connection with all of this. So if you're going to start regulating the sexual relations of people who become increasingly impossible to definitively place yeah. within easily enunciated appear. legal norms, and you know, the, the thing may have the capacity to, to just fall apart. It it's going to fall apart. It's just ridiculous. The whole thing is, it just, it, it's just, it blows my mind. I just don't understand why it makes sense to anybody to have government policing your personal relationships. Because we've been doing this for a million, billion, trillion years. Oh, so oh, that's right. Okay. Okay, sexy time, sexy time is sexy time is not just about two people. Please Remember, tell me how to do it, Mr. President. It's well, that too, actually, 150 years ago, or even less than 150 years ago, uh, that would have been a question cognizable potentially in law. Uh, oh, how you do it? No, you know this. Where you inserted, right? Actually, what continue. can be used, right? What can be used to touch it? Whatever the it, whatever the it is, I mean the the law was the law was fairly. Um, how should well, we say? Why do people different. need this? <laughs> oh, I mean, people have been writing. Well, people have been writing about this since 
they invented writing. Um, <laughs> it's like everything else. Why do we regulate economics? Why do we regulate yeah. politics? Why do we why do we regulate, you know, why do we have dress codes as, as stupid as that is? Um, I, you know, the easiest answer and a stupid answer, but a powerful one is because we can. And then the question is, yeah, but that's not very much. But if we can, can we use it as an instrument? And by we, I mean whoever. And this this is not unusual almost anywhere. Uh, even if you don't have law, you've got cultural taboos uh, or social taboos. You've got economic ramifications. So this is a general condition of humanity, uh, most humanity, right? There's always a limiting exception somewhere. Uh, but uh, it it may be in part uh, the way, you know, some religions, for example, will uh, determine, um, will signal membership by limiting the kinds of foods that one can ingest. Right. Liquor, no liquor, pork, no pork, um, you know, whatever. Right. And and so that becomes an instrument of power uh, derived through the mechanisms of communicating with the legislature, in this case, would be divine sources. Right. Mm -hmm. So we, we do that. Uh, we used to regulate the um, the clothing was a signaling device. Uh, well, I mean, see, this all seems like control. Of course. Of course, it's it's control and management, but it's also social solidarity. Uh, yes. and, and it's got a lot of other. And and all of it may or may not have had uh, in its origins some uh, some reasonable rational basis, and so you have to ask yourself: Well, this is also not irrational. Um, and saying, well, it has to do with power is is the beginning of the analysis. Why that that shouldn't be enough? What's the point? And and one of the points can be social solidarity. Uh, another one is stability, where you've got a large portion of a population that continues to adhere very strongly in their own personal views to either uh, what they view as religious dictates or ancient uh, cultural taboos or those kinds of expressions through the body that signal uh, either social solidarity or stability or social stability. Uh, and this, uh, you know, and we can all sit and say, oh, ha, 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 this is all ridiculous, but they may not feel that way. And if there's enough of them, right? but then, right, you have this, this problem that, okay, all of that makes sense, kind of, all of that makes sense as long as the political basis, the political legitimacy of your system is grounded in a set of fundamentals, which includes that you're going to privilege uh, these markers of social solidarity, including the control of the body. And its use, right? The use of pleasure, in a sense, or the duty of the body with respect to things like procreation, or you're assigned to a spouse so that y'all are responsible for each other and the state doesn't have to do it, or the church doesn't have to do it because you're each other's yeah, 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 nursemaid, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, then the question is well, then what do you do? with all of the other fundamental principles and ideas that have emerged, right? Including fundamental notions of human rights, tolerance and individual autonomy that have emerged over the course of the last, certainly since the second world war. It's one thing uh, to say, well, 
I I strictly believe in this host of taboos, and I want to uh, and I want to stay within a community in which that is respected and celebrated, and to ensure that that choice to stay in that community and to behave a certain way is respected. But at the same time, given the architecture of rights, of, of human rights, and especially its grounding in notions of personal autonomy, right, which suggests that um, that can only exist if and only if you also tolerate those who choose not to belong to those communities that choose to express their solidarity in that way, that there's a, a larger field for the expression of solidarity. <laughs> okay, so when is that gonna happen? Well, I mean, it's 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 and how happening. how okay, so then and it shows up, it shows up in some ways and and in and, and in some respects, but but here's the critical issue, right? And so your question is absolutely the right one. And so if you go to your question, you have to ask then why is it not occurring? And there the answer may lie in something really interesting. And that is when you think about the foundations of human rights, you assume certainly we have, you know, starting from the West and the OECD countries uh, and uh, its expression first in its most spectacular way in, what, uh, in, in the German basic law, and then in the uh, universal principles of human right uh, of uh, human rights, which is you ground all of this on the autonomy of an individual. But what happens if, in fact, societies are now arising, or political units are now arising, or groups are now arising that says no, that is a mistaken view of the operative foundations for human rights and that the principal foundation is not the individual, but it's the individual within collectives <laughs> and it's collective rights and responsibilities, that is duties of the individual to the collective and collective responsibilities to the individual. It's the, in the collective whose autonomy and independence is the foundation. Okay, well for then what rights. happens if an ind individual part of that, that collective wants to leave that is, but that becomes a question. And, but notice what happens. Then the logic and the discussion that you're going to have is very different than if you have a system in which everyone agrees that the foundation of all of this is the individual. That's true. That's true. Because if an individual wants to leave a communal based <laughs> society, then, that, then that's a problem. It is a problem. It could be uh, an act of heresy, which is a big taboo, uh, the punishment for which is death. Yeah, it, it could mean that um, any effort to leave the community within a community is viewed as a sign of insanity, mm -hmm. uh, requiring uh, treatment, requiring interventions, medical or psychiatric interventions. It could mean that any act of nonconformity is a sign of social pathology, uh, which requires the state then to assert its criminal law. We've seen all of these in uh, in traditionally based societies, uh, but one where there was, uh, to some respect, in some respects, sometimes a balance between the two. But now the question: so that, is, Wait, but does doesn't that sound more like you're you're giving giving up yourself for the greater good? The idea, my is my gut tells me, is that you're, there's. Their argument would be there's nothing to give up since it never existed. Right. 
right, 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 right. Because right. You, you, there is no that without the, the community. Right. right. And right, at right. that point, you start talking past each other. So right. if you get someone who, right, because now you're talking foundational postulates. Gotcha. And then, you're right. And there's no proving this. Now you're either going to have to go to God uh, or you're going to have to go to some kind of foundational mm. natural principle or you're going to have to go to science, which is sort of like God, uh, but uh, different. Uh, you're going to have to go to, you know, at, at some point, there's a faith-based decision, a faith in right. some kind of order. In whatever order you decide to. Right. And so, and so we have fracture. And then, of course, we're describing the extremes, you know, all individual, and then the other extreme, all collective. And those exist in the ideal form, but every society is messy, right? There's no society in which the individual counts for absolutely nothing. And there's no society in which collectives are not viewed as a critical uh, component of social organization. But then, right, you've got this huge spectrum and it varies all over the place. And that, in a sense, is what we're seeing here, a variation which is contextually drawn. Sometimes history and tradition uh, tends to win. Sometimes uh, the narrative of uh, leading forces based re-education wins. Uh, and then sometimes stuff comes out of left field, right? The gender conversation is going to seep everywhere. The race conversation is going to seep everywhere. Every time you think that you've developed these absolutely uh, unassailable categories, their categorical system, someone is going to come spot, put a spotlight on it in a place you missed and say, oh, look, let me pull this little string here and then watch the thing unravel. For a while, it'll work. Uh, and sometimes for a long while, uh, and long while can be measured in church years, which is like a thousand years, two thousand years or whatever, in one form or another. But eventually it'll unravel. But it's interesting to see that we're seeing a multiple unraveling now, I think. And, and this is a, a nice bit of evidence for it. So um, and it'll have political ramifications. So the Indonesians are going to be faced with their moment of hypocrisy. Right. They're making a ton of money on uh, basically having the love boat uh, in the form of a couple of islands where all kinds of people who are not Indonesians and Indonesians as well who want to escape the the rigors of their collective hey, duty. But maybe, maybe they'll start making money off of the arrests. Uh, they'll start, that's true. They'll start making money off the arrests. There may be political ramifications or if there are competitors who are smart, you're going to see that the the sexy time love boat will move from, let's say, hypothetically Bali uh, to some small island that is now otherwise uh, facing a, uh, a desperate climate uh, uh, change inducing uh, uh, change and they're going to use the money to buy themselves a new home and a new territory. I mean, Yes, uh, the possibilities, the possibilities are significant. And at some point, you would think that international bodies would get involved, although they're um, how significant a role they'll play will be very difficult because, at least in some respects, uh, if a state says, look, it ain't me, it's God. Uh, now you've got two problems. You've got the problems of human rights, including the human rights of, uh, of religion and religious communities or religious belief. And then it becomes, as we've seen it's crazy enough in the US, uh, it's even crazier and sometimes in very, very tragic ways uh, elsewhere. And at the end of the day, of course, the <laughs> it's the individual who tends to be the disposable commodity here. 
It's um, the easiest. Yeah. I mean, and it's not only um, it's it's going to be difficult because they also are prohibiting the promotion of cr- contraception and banning. Well, banning, of course, the defamation of the presidential uh, of the president and state institutions. Yeah. I mean, you're going to throw everything in. And so yeah. now you're. Right. And so now all of a sudden, we're not just talking about uh, managing sexy time, but we're now talking about suppressing markets. Mm -hmm. And you know what happens when you either hypermanage sexy time or you suppress markets? They did it at the same time. Yeah. Are you actually ever able to do both well? Hey, (laughs) we'll see. What what was it that the famous, the, 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 the now kitschy expression from Jurassic Park? life will find a way life finds a way life finds a way and and that will be the problem and so of course you know everyone will will be happy and and will shroud themselves in the majesty of their legislative programs whether for good or ill whether quote unquote progressive or not quote unquote progressive um but uh, at the same time there will be consequences uh where you're repressing these uh, you're going to have issues of corruption. Uh, you're going to have issues of corruption. You're going to have issues of political integrity. You're going to have issues of abuse um, where you're being uh, open, doored, permissive. Uh, you're going to have pushing uh, past the boundaries of the human and past the bound. Well, um, a, a great example now in uh, in a very progressive uh, place, which has sucked up Kim Kardashian and a bunch of other um, um, influencers. I don't know what else to call them. Well, I do know what else to call them, but I'll call them influencers here. Uh, and that is the Balenciaga scandal, where let's do uh, a photo spread where we have uh, children uh, in, uh, in BDSNM uh, attire. No. Yes. You know, so, you know, happy dominatrix wear uh, or a little teddy bear. They had all this little signaling with with children. And then there's an uproar. So you can say, well, you know, you can't regulate sexy time and we can do whatever we want. Uh, and so why don't we start working out BDSNM safe words? Uh, oh, wow. And- yes. Right. Yeah, and yeah. and then we move from there. Right. And, and and then someone said, oh, no, 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 no. We meant for uh, people to be free to have sexy time as adults, men or women, whatever that happens to be, or, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, you have 10, 11, 12 genders or no genders. It doesn't really matter. But we didn't mean this. And the minute you say, but we didn't mean this, then the Indonesians will come up and say, ah, so what's the difference? Your taboo ends with a little five-year-old. Our taboo ends with marriage, but we all agree with taboo. So now we're back to the drawing board, which is how are you going to draw these collective boundaries? Uh, and so it's not just for societies that that look to be moving back to some kind of uh, some kind of weird reinvention of a past that never existed except in their minds. And this is always a problem with thinking that you're recapturing the past it never existed the way you're creating a future right which is some kind of lurid 
dream about what you thought the past was, but it also occurs when you're being quote unquote permissive. And the 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 Balenciaga spread is just a uh, nice little example of this. Uh, issues of capacity. Um, you know, how permissive are we going to be? We had this problem uh, a generation ago with the sexual revolution in the 70s. Um, you know, to what extent do we tolerate Epstein's, uh, the, the, the late Mr. Epstein's, uh, you know, sexy time island? Uh, where, and, and so now we, now we get, but that's a, a, a different problem. And uh, we can, and for my purposes, we, we've made our point both to show, I think that that things are are <laughs> are sort of fracturing, uh, but that even the the basis of the conversation is now sort of moving in in a variety of different directions. But it does open doors to things which we promise we will pot about at other times. Yes, yes, there are so many doors that <laughs> that have opened for us. Right. And and for many people, those doors may look like they're labeled sexy time, but a lot of people would say nay, nay. No, no. <laughs> danger, danger. And other people would be mortally offended that, in fact, they aren't. And and those are conversations that we were hardly prepared for. I don't, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we but will anyway. have. <laughs> but anyway, woof, woof. Bark, bark. Thanks for joining and we'll catch you next time.